0: The Holy Spirit leads. We're going to do part two of our uh, series today uh, titled Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And that was found in Matthew uh, chapter 18, beginning at verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 21. And we're going to read. Uh, I'm just going to read the two verses and then we'll go into the parable in a few minutes. Uh, But Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 and 22 is where we started last week. When you get there say amen. If you need a minute say wait a minute. Amen. Matthew chapter 18 uh, beginning beginning at verse 21. Those that are watching should be below me on your screen. Matthew chapter 18, beginning of verse 21, and it reads, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing and adhering to his word. Once again, uh, this will be part two of our series forgiving what you cannot forget. In last week's message, if we're gonna be honest and truthful today was was a blessing, I believe. I believe it was a sermon of conviction, but also a sermon that leads us to healing. Uh, We talked about for those that weren't maybe not here or a refresher, we talked about how forgiving what you can't forget is a difficult task to ask. Amen. <laughs> it's difficult, but it's doable. It's a doable task if we allow the Holy Spirit to take control. And if we're going to be honest, that's a hard task to do. No matter what the person has done to you, no Matter the level of anger, the level of rage, the level of trauma that has been brought up or caused against you. God tells us to forgive even if you cannot forget it. Even this week I have been confronted with some things that are outright just lies. And I don't know about you, but it's nothing like, I do not like a liar. Maybe you do. I don't. I, I, I amen somebody. I do not like a liar, a person that you are this blatantly telling lies. Man. Lies that were not only against myself, but also against my family. And we talked about how unnatural it is for us to forgive. It, humanly speaking, when somebody says something against you, particularly a lie. My my natural response isn't to be like, God bless you forgive you. Maybe yours is. Mine is not always, you know what, God bless you and heaven smile upon you. My my reaction might be, Lord, smite them right now in the name of Jesus. If we're going to be honest, humanly speaking, my response to forgive is not always the first response. And we talked about how unnatural it is and how uh, it goes against our instincts to forgive. Particularly a person or persons that you know what they've done. Even, it's amazing that so many people even run social media and post lies. And so many people fall for the lie. And I was challenged and confronted. Do I respond to the lie or do I just ignore it? Maybe not you, but I I don't know. Social media has some positives but it also has some negatives. There's some uh, uh, underlying things. There's some uh, subliminal texts and messages in there, and you know what it is, but you know what? God convicted me and said, uh, well, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5 says, don't answer the foolish arguments of a fool, or you will become foolish as they are. If God says, if you see a fool, you don't respond, and then you'll become the fool. But there's also times in which we must address the fool. And I, may, I, may I be honest, I wanted to address the fool or the fools. But God said, this case, you got to st- sit back and let the fool just have his way. Verse 4 of Proverbs 26 warns us against arguing with a fool on his or her terms because we stoop down to the fool's level. If you see me arguing with a fool in the street, all we're going to do is look like two fools arguing. Me coming down to their level. But God says, you know what? You got to step back and let the fool reveal themselves. But like I said before, there are times in which we must address the fool. But in this case, God said, you know what? This ain't the time. No matter how much my flesh wanted to retaliate how much my flesh wanted revenge and to seek out. God said this is not the time. And let's be honest, sometimes we don't like I don't like what God tells me at times. I don't like it but I know it's right. Because my flesh wants to get even. It wants to it wants to gratify you hurt me now let me hurt you. We talked about how that we can't get to the place where God wants us to be if we hold on to unforgiveness. Uh, There was an illustration that I've used in sermons before. If you've ever seen a hot air balloon, you will notice that along the basket are some bags or weights that are held on to the basket of the hot air balloon. And these weights are designed to keep the air balloon from rising to where it needs to be. And when it's time for the balloon to go up, after the fire goes up into the balloon and it it starts to raise, you have to start cutting the weights or the bags alongside of the basket. The balloon cannot reach its potential. It cannot get to where it needs to be if it's still with the weight of the bags holding it still attached to the basket. In order for you to get to where God wants you to be, you have to start cutting off. Some bags. You got to start letting go of some baggage, some unforgiveness, because that's keeping you from reaching to where God would have you to go. There are some right here that may be angry because other people seem to be going to another level and you aren't. But maybe you should be mad because you didn't do what they did. They started letting go of things that were hindering them. So often we can blame shift and say, you're the reason why I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But have you looked in the mirror? Held yourself accountable. Maybe there's some things that you need to start cutting off alongside your basket. There's some people, there's some places, there's some things, there's some unforgiveness, there's some trauma, there's some things that we have to cut off in order for us to be able to go to the next level. And if we're going to be honest, the cutting of the, ba- the bags, the weights, the, the pain, the unforgiveness is a challenging thing. It's a painful situation. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a stressful time, but it's necessary. You cannot get to where God wants you to be, holding on to the past. You can't hold on to the weight of what others have done. Where we are, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 22, as we're recapping. Uh, This is a struggle that even Peter, one of the disciples, wrestled with. And he asked God, how many times are we supposed to forgive my brother or sister who offends me? Seven times? And as I said before, the, the custom was that you only had to forgive somebody three times. They only had to cross you three, and then you could retaliate. So he tried to be smart and say, "You know what, God? How about I'm gonna double that and add one seven times? Isn't that enough time for me to forgive the person that continues to hurt me?" And Jesus' response is seventy times seven. Don't get caught up in the number, but it's you. We must be in a, perpo- a perpetual posture to forgive. Uh, last week we talked about we learned what forgiveness is not. We learned that forgiveness is not feeling. Amen. You ain't always feel like forgiving somebody. Maybe you do, but there's some things, forgiving, especially things that I cannot forget. And we learned that our feelings are a gauge, not a guide. We learned that our feelings let us know that something's wrong, but it should not guide us into saying the wrong things or doing the wrong things. We also learned last week that forgiveness is not ignoring the pain. Walking around with a Kool-Aid smile, acting as if everything's all right, is not forgiveness. You have to sometimes admit that I'm hurting. You have to admit that you've hurt me. That that you know what I'm, I'm underneath the skin. I'm struggling. I'm wrestling with something right now. You gotta be honest. We gave the example about going to the doctor. If your foot hurts, why are you telling the doctor that your arm is hurting? You're not gonna get the results that you want. If you're not being honest, and we talked about it's one thing to (laughs) lie to other people, which you shouldn't do, but it's even worse lying to yourself. We learned that forgiveness is not a feeling. We learned that forgiveness is not ignoring the pain. But we also learned last week that forgiveness is not excusing what the other person has done. Many people don't want to forgive and fear that we're letting that person or persons get off. The hook. We talked about it. (laughs) That sometimes it feels like God's way seems to be the easier way, letting people get off for what they've done. You know, because I want to lash out, I want to say something, I want to retaliate. But God's way, we gotta understand, is totally different. Thank you. Amen. Somebody sometimes I do, if I'm gonna be honest, Lord, they just cuss me out. You mean to tell me I gotta walk away? I'm sweating right now. Lord, uh, I don't know if I could do that. That's right, you can't, we can't. But greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. So it doesn't mean you're excusing what the person has done. But what we're doing is releasing ourselves from the bitterness, from the anger that it has caused us. We also learn that forgiveness is not trusting the person who hurt you. Forgiveness does not mean that I immediately go back to the person and open up my heart and my life again to them. No, that's not what forgiveness is. That that really may be foolish. You 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 got to let them you got to hold people accountable. And we said this before, holding someone accountable does not mean that you don't love them. You sometimes have to teach people how to treat you you got to teach them. You can't just say and do any old thing and expect me to just open up again. Sometimes you got to teach people how to treat you. And accountability is the most loving thing that you can do because it should lead. It leads to repentance. We talked about how there are some people that will, uh, you can tell if they're really truly repentant or not. Because we said the ones that aren't is they'll rush you and say, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? Aren't you? Don't you go to church and you won't forgive me? What, what are you learning at church? What, they try to, aren't you a man of God, a woman of God? They're using the Bible and exploiting it against you. Now, I've already expected not to get a lot of amens today. But once again, holding someone accountable does not mean <laughs> that we don't love them. It's actually showing that I do love you. But I can't allow you to continue to uh, act the same way towards me. So last week, we also then transformed and transitioned into what is biblical forgiveness? Some of y'all remember, we said it's giving up your right to get even. It's giving up your right to seek revenge or retaliation. In other words, it's giving up my rights to hurt you for hurting me. That's what biblical forgiveness is. I don't know about you. That's a struggle. I got to hold back. You hurt me, but I can't hurt you back. I got to love the hellishness out of you. <laughs> that's hard pill to swallow. Some of us don't like to take our medicine, but guess what? This is a result. You got to take the medicine. This is tight, but it's right. We got to give up our right to not hurt the person that hurt us. We, we then said the Holy Spirit had dropped that we're supposed to pray for our enemies. I knew it was going to be quiet on that one. Because <laughs> the enemy is a person that's against you. God tells us, I want you to pray for them. That God would bless them. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's that's rough. God gives us the strength to be able to do it. And in moving towards forgiveness, we learn that we must first admit that we have a problem and be honest with God. You got to be honest. God knows your heart anyway. So, Lord, I'm struggling to forgive him or her. Lord, I need you to love through me. Secondly, we got to ask God to change our distorted view on forgiveness. And then we ended uh, on a high note. Jesus Christ was the ultimate example. Of what true forgiveness looks like when he was hanging on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But even God is saying, Father, forgive. he wants us to forgive even when they know what they've done. And here we are today as we recapped last week, as we took the journey from last week into this week. We're going to move into the parable that Jesus Then adds after he answers Peter. And we know that a parable is a simple story that's used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. Jesus uses this parable about an unforgiving servant when he answers Peter. If you have your Bibles, and I know we had them open, let's look at verse, chapter 18, verse 23. And it reads, Therefore, The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, and I will repay or pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. I want to stop right there. First thing we see right here is we see the forgiving king. The king reveals God's true heart. When Jesus is telling this parable, he's really giving us an illustration of what the heart of God looks like. We all have sinned, and we all owe a huge debt to God that we cannot pay on our own. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus loves us that much that he wants to release us from the burden of sin that has kept us shackled and bound for so long. And this amazing act of grace, in this truly amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I can see. Lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And after God forgives us, after we ask God to forgive us, we all com- confront must confront A decision that we must make. To forgive or not to forgive, that is the question. Do I choose to forgive or not to forgive? That indeed is the question. And forgiveness is an act of obedience. Jesus tells us that we ought to forgive 70 times 7. In other words, forgiveness is a choice, and it comes down to you wanting to choose to obey God or simply disobey God. It comes down to that simple. It's that simple broken down. Do I, will I choose to forgive and be obedient to God, or will I blatantly disobey him? Not saying it's a struggle. won't be a struggle, but Lord, I know it's, he knows it's a struggle. Just give it to him and let him love and forgive through you. It's a decision. Yeah, all of us, we've asked God, hopefully, to come into our lives and save us. But now God says, now you have an option. In this parable that he gives, it's a relationship between the king and the unforgiving servant. But I want to add right in there, what happens if you choose to forgive and be obedient to God? Secondly, what happens when I say, you know what, Lord, you've forgiven me for so much that I have to forgive somebody else? There was a commentary that said that the the, the king had forgave him. This is millions, but I saw in other commentaries that said billions and billions of dollars that he owed that he could not repay. And how would you? and And the king forgives him of all of his debt. How would you respond? What happens when you choose to forgive? I'm glad you asked. Number one, the devil no longer has a hold on you. When you choose to forgive, when you say, you know what, I'm going to be obedient even when I don't want to, even when I don't feel like it. Lord, I don't understand it, but I'm standing on your word. When you make that decision to forgive, the first thing that happens is the devil no longer has a hold on you. You see, the devil wants to continue to keep you angry. He wants to continue to hold a grudge. He wants you to continue to be in an unforgiving spirit and posture. He wants you to seek revenge. The devil loves to start drama. And he wants you to hold on to the drama. Because you know what? Drama sells. Yes, it does. It sells. Confrontation sells. (laughs) I rap. I I rap. I'm kind of getting used to this one a little bit, but back in the day, it used to be ma- battles. They used to battle all the time, particularly when it was Nas versus Jay-Z. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And I loved it. I, I loved it. You had takeover versus ether. and Of course, ether prevailed from Nas. Of course it did, but... I love the beef was was selling and people were trying to be, were were picking sides and going against one another because beef and, and, and drama sells. The devil knows that beef and drama sell and that's why he wants to keep you bound. He doesn't want you to forgive. But when you make your decision to forgive, it frees you of the devil's hold on you. So don't fall into the beef when when you hear nonsense and foolishness, you know what? I I gave it them over to the Lord. And if we choose to hold on to unforgiveness, we're walking in disobedience and we're choosing to hold on to anger as our idol. You know, our idol is things that we worship when I hold on to anger, I'm saying, you know what, God, I don't care what you said. I'm holding on to this anger because I like this place that I'm in. But when we forgive, we, de- nest, um, excuse me, we disconnect and we dislodge that stronghold that's over our lives. So not only, number one, what happens when we choose to forgive. Here's the second thing that happens. Not only, I said, the devil no longer has a hold on you. Secondly, we now experience true freedom. And it can be very painful and overwhelming hanging on to the pain of what somebody else did to you. But let me be honest, when you've truly forgiven someone, uh, God will free you up and have you be free more than you've ever experienced in your life. It'll be more liberating than being able to release yesterday's pain and embracing today's joy. It's nothing more liberating, excuse me, than forgetting the past and holding on to God's promises today. Many people are wondering why they don't have joy right now. And it, maybe it's because you're still bound by your circumstances. Maybe you're still holding on and you haven't experienced true freedom because you still won't forgive that person that you know you should forgive. And we're going to do an exercise at the end. Hopefully, please have pens and paper. Those that are watching, if not, uh, honey, get uh, paper out of the bag and some pens. But uh, we got to be able to let go and let God have his way. So the devil no longer, number one, as I said, uh, the forgiving servant, the devil. When you choose to forgive, the devil no longer has a hold on your life. Secondly, we experience true freedom. Thirdly, we open the door to God's forgiveness. Jesus is clear that if we don't forgive others, our relationship with him will be hindered. Forgiveness is not only a mark of God's love in us, but it also allows us to experience his grace. You will not be able to experience God's true grace and mercy if you choose to hold on to unforgiveness. And we know what grace is. God's grace is unmerited favor. It's God's being showing favor to you when you did not deserve it. So if God does that shows us favor for things that we have done that we do not deserve, Who am I? Who are we to hold on to something? Amen. Not only uh, the devil no longer has a hold on your life. secondly, we experience true freedom. Thirdly, we open the door to God's forgiveness, but fourthly, we witness to the world. There are a few things that show God's transforming power. There's nothing more that shows it more than a person forgiving someone else who hurts you. You know, people are watching us. They, they may not uh, read the Bible, but they watch. Oh, you go to church? Let me see what that looks like. And if you're willing and able to forgive someone when it hurts you the most, mm, That is a testimony to God. It shows that what kind of forgiveness, what kind of love is this that that this person can forgive the very person that hurt them? Amen. People can't understand a love that genuinely forgives. So going back to our parable, we, we see the forgiving king. We see the forgiving servant, but let's move into the, back into the parable, verse 28. What happens if we choose not to forgive? The unforgiving servant. But when the man, verse 28, left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Some said millions of dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. Now, this person was just forgiven by God for all his debts and his family. And he saw somebody that owed him not even, uh, it, it, it was 600 times more what he owed the king. This person didn't owe him nothing much. And he still grabbed that person by the throat and demanded that he gives him back his money that he was owed. This is the same person that just said, Lord, please forgive me. I can't pay it back. Then see somebody else, and rather than choose to forgive, chooses not to forgive, and is harder on this person than the king was on him. Verse 29 his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Please, more time, please be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor, the unforgiving servant, wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in jail until the debt could be paid. In full, And when some others, some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Verse 31, verse 32. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven. He called in the man that he had forgiven and said, you evil servant. I forgave you for the tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Verse 35, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. (sighs) When you choose not to forgive here's what happens. It says the king threw him in prison. When you choose, when you make a decision, I'm going to, even though God forgave me, I'm going to willfully unforgive this person. Here's what happens. You're going to be thrown into prison. Keep you. It keeps you. When you uh, choose to not forgive, it keeps you emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually in bondage. Amen, somebody. When you choose not to forgive, you ever wondered why <laughs> you could be somewhere and somebody comes in that you got beef with. And all of a sudden you was laughing, having a great old time. You was the life of the party. And then that person comes in and you automatically clam up and shut up. Or start rolling eyes. or got an attitude. Oh, I can't take this. Let me get out of here. That person has more control over you than God. <laughs> it's tight, but it's right. That person, you've given that person precedence over God. Why isn't it that when we see them, keep it moving, I'm still going to be myself. I'm still going to have fun. I'm still going to have a good time in the court. It, it just shows where our heart is and where we need working on. But it keeps you emotionally bound. That means you can't even have full joy because you're now imprisoned when you choose to not forgive. Mentally, your mind is all over the place thinking about this person that may or may not even be thinking about you. You're consumed now with what this person has done. Physically, if you keep going in a posture of unforgiveness, you're going to start having headaches. You're going to start having migraines. You might have ulcers. Your body is going to start hurting. Because you've allowed your attention to focus solely on what they've done to you. Lastly, you'll be in spiritual bondage. You won't be able to be free in Christ because you're still bound by what they've done. You can't lift your hands up to give God glory and praise because you're still bound by what they've done to you. And not only that, it, does it keep you in prison, but it also consumes the mind with constant memories of the offense and it leads to distorted emotions of seeking revenge it's going to cause you to keep going over and over and over and you're going to have to you want to lash out and if not dealt with it will seep into your heart with unrest you won't be able to sleep you won't there's some people that sleep and still you ever slept and then woke up and still tired You got eight hours, nine hours, ten hours of sleep. It was just you, and yet you're still wrestling. There's been times where I've had unforgiveness and things bothering me so much that I went to sleep and dreamt about that bothering me, and then woke up, and now i still got to deal with what's bothering me again. And if it's not dealt with, it will seep into our heart and then eventually affect and infect our spiritual and physical health. It will affect, but also infect, our spiritual and physical health. You ever seen a person, I said this last week, hurt people hurt people. You know, and sometimes what it is is the person doesn't know how to handle what's going on. But I'm going to say this. We don't want to leave here with a heart full of unforgiveness. Amen. We, we, we're not going to just leave here <laughs> not being up. God's grace is deeper than our wounds. Amen. God's grace, he loves you that much. His grace is deeper than whatever any wound that your family member or that person did to you. But we have to choose to forgive. And choosing to forgive means remember how much that we have been forgiven. You got to remember, look, all of us haven't been growing up in church. Amen, somebody. I mean, I, I grew up in church. As baby, four years old, six years old. When I asked the Lord to come into my my life and my heart, I grew up in church. But I do have. I've, there were times where I backslid and did things while still coming to church. Just because you you in church don't mean that you still can't mess up. And I would come the nerve of me to come in and give God praise, knowing what I just did a few hours ago. Maybe not you, but but me. Not even that long, and that I have the nerve to come in and say, Let's give God some praise. That's why I choose to forgive because God should have took me out for, for the hypocrisy that I was displaying. I gotta remember, remember how much God has forgiven you. Maybe your story might not be mine, but some of us have. God is all. He's forgiven us. Some of us were way down. We were bankrupt. We were on our way to hell, but God forgave us. Some of us might have been drug hustlers. Some of us might have been uh, drug users. Some of us might have been robbers, stealers, killers. But God still can forgive you and still has forgiven you. You got to choose to forgive forgive you for what you've done. The nerve of us to not forgive somebody else. So we got to remember how much we have been forgiven. Secondly, we got to hold on. on, mm, Holding on only hurts you more. When you hold on, it only hurts you more. It doesn't make it better. It just makes it worse. We got to let go and let Thirdly, when you forgive, it makes you more like Christ. That's why we got to forgive. It's not because, look, if it was up to me, no, you got to write, go ahead, do what you got to do. But it's not me, it's God. It makes us more like Him. Once again, we want to choose to forgive, number one, because we remember how much God has forgiven us. Two, holding on only hurts you more. Three, when you forgive, it makes you more like Christ. And I want to close uh, differently today. Um, those that don't know, I do my job. My, my vocation is is, is uh, I'm a therapist. That's what I get paid to do. I'm I, um, working on getting my license. I just got to take the test. I ask that you pray for me, that God free me up. Just take the test so I get my license. That's all. But I'm 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 a master's level. Therapist, so I'm not just telling you things. Just ooh, no, there's this therapy. This is th- treatment for myself as well as everyone else. Hopefully, and our goal in every sermon, pastor on the way down, is for us to leave service better going out than we were coming in. Our goal is not for you to be beat down. Our goal is to be better going out than we did coming in. From pastor on down, we are deliberate and intentional with allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us uh, with at times maybe with challenging messages. Designed to make us better. That are designed to help us move from hurting to healing. Just because we're Christians don't mean that we're not hurting. But God wants us to move from hurting to healing. And these messages are designed to uh, confirm what maybe what God has already placed in your heart. That we got to move from unforgiveness to forgiveness. This sermon today is designed for us, for us to transition from not wanting to forgive but now choosing to forgive. Everyone who's gotten a paper, and if you don't um, I can't see your hands, but raise your hand, and somehow I'll pass it to you. Um, Hopefully, you have a pen. If not, my wife, somebody, uh, there's some pens over there that we can pass out. But I wanted us to close differently today on this exercise. Those that are watching, I hope you have your pens and your paper. And that paper that you have right there is for you to write down who you will forgive who has hurt you and it may even be yourself you might have to put your name on there forgiving yourself Put you write down and i need a paper too because i i i i got some names i got to put down um but but we need to forgive i'm serious can i have a paper please uh honey yeah Uh, you know we're live and in candy amen amen honey thank you thank you jess But I want us to, and this is this is therapy. I've done this with my clients. I've, I've, I've done it. To write down who you're struggling with forgiving. Let, let the Lord know. This is only between you and the Lord. Sometimes you got to see it. Who are you struggling to forgive? It could be your mother. It could be your father. It could be yourself. It could be your wife. It, whoever. Put that person down on this paper. And when you have that Wrote that person down. I want you to crumple up the paper and throw it in this trash can right here. Because we're gonna leave forgiving people. We're gonna leave not holding on to grudges. We're gonna leave not, we're gonna leave differently than the way we came in. And then hopefully everyone participates. If you don't, fine. But I know I need this right now. But this is an opportunity for us to get it right. Who we want to forgive. Not even want, but who we need to forgive. People that hurt us. Uh, people that um, meant you harm. That didn't have your best interests at heart. And we're going to pray over this once we leave it here. We're going to leave it here. I got the bag right there. We're going to take it, throw it in the trash, and let's let, let go and let God. But write who you have in here, anybody. And you come in, throw it right in there, crumple it up and throw it right in there. Amen. Thank you, Lord. This is therapy, y'all. You can play whatever, hey man. <sighs> And this is important, too, because today's communion, we don't want to hold on any grudges in our hearts. (laughs) Amen. And take communion. I want to crumple this up real good. Thank you, God. Thank you. With, with a heart of, of thanks, I will bless thee. I will bless thee, O, o Lord. Lord my hands with our hands lifted up. up. With my hands lifted up. We give it over to you right now, God. And my mouth filled with praise. With the heart of with a heart of thanksgiving. I will bless thee, O oh Lord. I will bless thee, oh Lord. With my hands lifted up, and my mouth filled with praise. Filled with praise. With you may have come in bound, but you want to leave free today. With a heart of thanks, give I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, Oh Lord. I will bless thee, Lord. Does anybody else have to throw anything Lord. away? Because we want to pray thee, over Lord. this and leave it here. The Lord, Lord. With a heart of. With the heart of thanksgiving. I will bless thee, O oh Lord. Bless thee, O oh Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word today, God. We ask God that you would remove every weight that's holding us down from getting where we need to be right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, right now we came in hurting, but we're going to leave healed. We came in limping, but we're going to leave leaping in you. Lord God, we give everything over to you right now. Lord God, we're not going to no longer bound, no more chains holding us. Loose our chains, God, of unforgiveness. We forgive them right now in the name of Jesus. Even when I don't want to, God, you got to love through me. Forgive right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we ask that you will forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgive us, God, for having an unforgiving spirit. Help us to forgive even when we don't want to. Help us to love even when we don't want to. Help us to love our enemies, even in spite of God. Lord God, we thank you. Lord God, we praise you. And Lord God, we magnify your name. We say yes to your will, God, yes to your word, and yes to your way. Come on, y'all. Let's give God a crazy praise. He's worthy. I will bless thee, O Lord. 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 With a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. He's worthy. We want to transition now into our communion. Did anybody not get any communion? Hopefully someone can see because I can't. Amen. (laughs) blinding amen but for those that are watching uh, this is an opportunity for us to fellowship that's why we're having soul food Sundays the fellowship outside of this but we're fellowshipping through uh, communion, cornania fellowshipping, remembering what Jesus Christ has done he gave his body for us he shed his blood for us and he said, every time you do this in remembrance of me, you participate. We fellowship together. So, those that are watching, please, and those that are of my voice, for the next few moments, hopefully we did it already, but just in case, let's ask God to forgive us of any unforgiven sin for the next few moments. Amen. Lord God, forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord God, we thank you. Take away all bitterness, malice, wrath, revenge, rage away right now in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, God, of our sins. Lord, we thank you that we're going to leave healed today. Lord God, we promise to give you back all the praise, you all the honor, and you all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Those that are watching, hopefully you have your juice and your cracker. Piece of bread to participate. But those on the sound of my voice, let's peel away the top portion. And this is our this is the body. It represents the body of Jesus that he gave for us. We're not eating his body, but it represents the body that he gave willfully for us. Let us eat together. Thank you, Jesus. Peel back the other portion. This juice represents his shed blood that was given, or that was shed for us. It, we're not drinking his blood. This represents his blood that was shed for us. <clears throat> Without the remission of sins, there be no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there be no remission or forgiveness of sins. Let us drink together. Thank you, Jesus. And they went off on a high note. God bless you. Those that are here, hopefully you can stay for a Sunday service. Soul Food Sunday. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. God bless you. And heaven smile upon you. Be blessed.